there's only one kind of employee recognition that truly works. I'll tell you what it is, plus proof that even children understand the qualities that make for a great boss. It's all next on Boss Better Now. You're listening to Boss Better Now. Please welcome speaker, author, and Hamilton superfan, Joe Mall. Greetings, boss heroes, and welcome to the show that tells your story. I know that for the past year, the world's been turned upside down. I'm sure it was a blur, sir. And that at times you were just trying to stay alive. But look around. Look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. After a year, we are finally starting to rise up. And here on our podcast, you are in the room where it happens. This is the place where we make sure you are not throwing away your shot to help people thrive at work. We're passionately smashing every expectation, every action on our show is an act of creation as we work to fill workplaces with better bosses. And if you don't know, now you know. And by the way, if you're looking for a mind at work, please welcome, please welcome my co-host. She is inimitable. She is an original professional and executive coach, Alyssa Mullen. Wow. I just uh, bow down to your... <laughs> my now, dorkiness? See, I am not I am not a nincompoop. I know who Hamilton is. Uh, I, I have some understanding of some history. I have not, though, seen the theater of uh-huh. Hamilton. So... Am I supposed to take from this greatness that was your intro <laughs> that there are many a reference in there? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. My advice to okay. you, friend, you have you have mentioned that you are a Spotify listener. Just grab the soundtrack, uh, put it in okay. your ear one morning, give it a listen. Uh, it's going to change your life. It's it's really a masterpiece for a lot of ways. And I don't want to take over our podcast episode today by talking about all the, all the reasons that that statement is true. Um, but for those who are listening and who have some familiarity familiarity with the show, uh, which is almost everybody not named Alyssa, then you will, I hope, have found that opening kind of fun. And shout out to Jamie who uh, on our team who was giggling with joy throughout, I am certain, because she is uh, you know, equally as big a fan as I. I have to tell you, she's the only reason why I knew that you might be talking about Hamilton whenever you were speaking. So another shout out to Jamie. She kind of gave you like a heads up prep warning kind of thing that might be coming at some point. Well, not, not that because uh, shooting your shot or not missing your shot, whatever. Not throwing away your shot. Yes. Not throwing away your shot. That is something that stands out to me about Jamie and her, way of operating in the world. Mm. And I know she has used that as a frame of reference in conversation. And so uh, that's how I knew. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, if if you have access to Disney Plus, knowing what a big Disney fan you are, I'm sure that you do, uh, you can go on Disney Plus and you can watch the show and you can watch the original cast, the the Tony Award winning cast of the show. it's, it is a work of art, and so check it out. You will leave feeling inspired and uplifted. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that statement. 
Okay. All right. I, I, I actually might give that a shot. I might give that a shot. I see what you did you. there. Give don't don't throw away your shot <laughs> and give it a shot. That well played, sir. Yes, well done. Well, we want to talk today a little bit about recognition that works. And, and here's where I want to start with this, Alyssa. My sister told me recently that my love language is gift giving, and here I thought I was a Pisces. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know Not anything me. about. Go ahead. <laughs> That's where, like, I, you're getting, you're not a super fan of all the self help stuff and all of the that kind of jazz. I, and I'm like, you're speaking all of the languages that I understand. <laughs> I understand the horoscope. I understand that. I completely agree with your sister. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you can read my chakras later, but for now, I will t- <laughs> tell you why I'm bringing up this conversation with my sister. Um, Because I think some of the idea of what she was trying to say is true. I do enjoy giving gifts. Uh, And actually, if we want to get specific, what I really enjoy is something that we in in my family have come to call the big reveal. Now, the big reveal is when you put forth planning or effort for someone that you keep a secret and then, boom, you unveil it as a surprise. And, And the people in my life tell me that that's a thing that I like to do a lot. And and that's true. Right. Have you ever done anything like that where you've done like some secret planning to surprise someone uh, that took a little bit of time and effort? And then, you know, that moment when you yank the cover off and you say, ta-da, like that's the best part, right? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my love language, nor is it luckily anyone near me's love language. So I guess I I really haven't had that kind of experience, honestly. Okay, no worries. Well, I'm going to give you a few examples of okay, ha- okay. Of, of some of some things that that I have done uh, that that we might call the big reveal. So, uh, for example, last year we updated my ten year old daughter's bedroom in a day. So she was at school. We cleaned it from top to bottom, which was horrifying. We gave it a facelift. We added some new furniture, and when she got home. We took her up to the room and we opened the door and we made a fun video of her opening the door for the first time and freaking out at the transformation. Like, that's the big reveal. Oh, I love that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And another time, my wife and I helped my in-laws update their basement bathroom. We're kind of handy with some of that stuff and they asked for some help. And so when we started, we basically said, "Um, we're going to do everything and you're not allowed on this floor of your house until we're done. Because we wanted to do our own little, like, HGTV style big reveal. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cool. All right. Another example of this, but before the pandemic, I did a a keynote for a company in New York City, one of my favorite places to visit. And I decided to take my sister with me on the trip. And at the last minute, I used some of my air miles to surprise her with upgraded seats to first class, which I, I didn't tell her about until we were getting on the plane. Right. So that's kind of a big review. Okay. And I do like yeah. that. I, I I think it's a way to kind of create for someone a, a moment of joy that, and, and cause there aren't a lot of times in our lives when we get genuine excitement or happiness that just kind of lands. And so I suppose I, I do use the big reveal as a way to show my love and appreciation for others. So maybe, maybe that is my love language. Now, now that I've given you that context and those examples, uh, have you ever yeah. been on the receiving end of one of those or have you ever done something like that? Uh, I, I know, you know, what's coming to mind is 
I feel like I am the polar opposite once again. Um, so I recently did something for a family member. Um, and I, after I had done it, I mentioned, I, I, I called them up and I was like, you know, we were discussing other things and I, I said, okay, so I did something and I just want to tell you I did it so that you can feel however you want to feel about it now. And like, you know, not react later in the moment and whatever, you know, when you're in public. And so I said what I did and (laughs) well, you know, they were obviously very appreciative of what I had done and, you know, they were thanking me, but then they were like, can you allow me to, to, to feel and to be grateful? And to, like, cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want them to put all of that emotion on me, ah. I guess I was shying away from it. So it was the exact opposite of what I was comfortable with. Interesting. That makes sense. You didn't want the uh, maybe the attention that comes with being a giver of a big reveal. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just made me feel like uh, icky. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's definitely not my love language. Definitely. Okay. Not my love well, language. fair enough. But I would bet that there are some things that folks have done for you in the past that require them to part with time and effort that were me- really meaningful for you. Um, when I speak at conferences, I will sometimes ask the audience, what's the nicest thing anyone has ever done for you when, when talking about recognition? Mm-hmm. Because I bet in the story of any person's answer is someone parting with time and effort. And I think that's the key ingredient to recognition that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, because parting with time and effort requires intentionality. Uh, it's not convenient to do so. And when we do things that are a little inconvenient to express our appreciation for others, that sticks. So a few years ago, Nintendo came out with a mini version of their original 8-bit video game player. Uh, that's what I grew up playing. I'm a child of the 80s, so we had you know Mario and Duck Hunt and the original Legend of Zelda and Tetris and Rad Racer, and a certain portion of our listenership is feeling me right now. So a couple of years ago, Nintendo came out with a little box, a mini version, that had 30 of these old school games on it. And it came with two controllers, and it it was the exact thing I grew up playing as a kid, and uh, it was like $50. It wasn't outrageously priced, and so that year I told my wife, I want that. I want that for Christmas. If anyone is like looking for an idea for me, tell them about that. Well, I don't know if, if you remember this or anything like that, but when the holidays came around, they were nearly impossible to get. Uh, and I even remember talking to my wife about that, like, oh, gosh, yeah, they're really hard to get. They they had a certain run of them. They sold out. They're, they're really hard to get. So I lowered my expectations that there was really you any chance I was going to get. I did, yeah. Because um, I don't want anybody to feel any pressure like Joe's Christmas is going to be ruined if he doesn't get this Nintendo thing because I'm just, you know, that's not what I'm about. Uh, and I was like, of course, you know, I'll get one eventually is, is what I said. Well, of course, on Christmas Day, after we opened – gifts as a family that year we went to my in-laws house and they handed me a box and inside I found my mini Nintendo system and as soon as I opened it I said whoa how did you get one and they were really hesitant to tell me the story at first maybe that maybe they're like you where they didn't they didn't want 
what they knew was going to come. But what I found out was that they had been calling Best Buys all over the region up until the week before Christmas to find out when shipments were coming in. And when they got word of a shipment, they camped out in front of the store all night to be first in line. And the night that they camped out, I'm, this is all true story, turned out to be the coldest night of the year with wind chills in the negative numbers. And they took turns sleeping in their car to get me that gift. Like I'm, I feel myself getting choked up right now just talking about it because I, when I found that out, I was speechless. And I mean, I'm a speaker. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> it, it, it sounds dumb to say, but it really is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. And it's not because I got a Nintendo. It's because look at the inconvenience. Look at the, the, the trouble, the effort, and the time that someone spent to do something for me. And so when we talk about recognition, and I promise, listeners, we're, we're getting there. When we talk about recognition, the first thing to understand is that it is not the gifts that make people feel appreciated. It's the spending of your time and effort in some way to celebrate them that sticks. I, I get asked a lot. As someone with expertise in employee engagement and developing better bosses, I get asked a lot about employee recognition programs. Should we have them? Should we not? Should they be formal? Should they be informal? Should they be supervisor-driven or peer-driven? Like, what type of program is the most effective? And my answer is the one that works. The one that visibly, obviously makes people feel appreciated. So when it comes to employee recognition, it's not about the gift. It's about the sentiment. Giving someone a gift card is nice. But it's the note that is the difference maker. If you give someone a gift card with a generic sentence or two in it that says, hey, thanks for all your effort. I mean, that's nice. But what if that note had a paragraph describing their unique contributions, the things that you notice that they bring to the table? When that note makes it obvious that my boss stopped what they were doing and took time to sit and think and write, not in a way that can be finished in seconds, but in a way that required some time and effort and thought and intentionality, suddenly I matter. And that sticks. Wow. I, you know, I only wear makeup <laughs> when I'm on YouTube with you, Joe. And now, <laughs> like, I feel the mascara, like creeping down my eyeballs uh, as soon as you talked about the sacrifice mm -hmm. that they made the time and the effort that went into obtaining that gift that's when i was like okay that i identify with that mm -hmm. sense of self-sacrifice serving in a way that is greater than just this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that is the most meaningful thing that I can think of. I, I can think back over my career and I have gotten plenty of beautiful gifts uh, from clients, from uh, prior colleagues, things of that nature. Um but certainly the ones that stand out to me are the words um, that accompanied those. Yes. If there was a thing attached to it, right? right. Um, time and effort of someone planning something for you. I think 
what I um, try to translate this to in the coaching realm when I'm with clients who are trying to lead more authentically, Yeah, right, is understanding for themselves how they experience support or recognition, right? And then being able to see in themselves what uh, may be preventing them from asking that same question or acting in that way uh, for themselves. For others. Or for others. Yeah. Right? Um, But yeah, time and effort, that's a real ask. Uh, That is not something that can be bought with a gift card, no matter the amount of domination. And we can part with time and effort that doesn't require a lot of time and effort. You don't need to camp out overnight at a Best Buy in order for people to feel special. Um, How long does it take to make the post-it note you leave on someone's desk four sentences instead of one? I mean, it, it might be the difference between one minute and 10. It might take you 10 minutes to sit down and say, okay, let me think about the last 30 days and what are the things I've noticed that this person does really well and what is some language I can use that really jumps off the page and sizzles and makes this person feel noticed. That For some folks, that requires a quiet room and some real intentionality behind it. And then once they get their ideas, to construct it into a three or four sentence note that you stick in a card or on a post-it or something like that, okay, 10 minutes. 10 minutes of effort. It's a lot easier than sleeping out of a of a, you know, a car, <laughs> sleeping out in front of a Best Buy yeah. and trying to stay warm in your car. But it has the same effect. It ha- you read a note like that and you know that this person paused what they were doing to communicate something because they wanted you to feel like you matter. Yeah. It's interesting. <clears throat> I... I I know that there's been so many good examples of that in my life that I have experienced, you know, because now now I do have all the feels and now I, you know, can, you know, touch that with my my brain and my memory. But I again, I suffer from recency. (laughs) I've said this (laughs) thousands of times already on the podcast. Most recently, something actually happened to my husband. Mm. He was um a collaborator on um, a project and the outcome of, of his work led to someone else's success in their, Ah. their field. Right. And that individual brought my husband, I think it's a cup or some sort. I'm not even sure of the exact, what it is as a vessel, but it was engraved with this, it was Italian, okay, Italian language, uh. right? And so my husband started, he didn't know what it was. It just came with a, a brief little post that said something like, thank you so much, you know, uh, uh, another little like inside joke. So my husband like started Googling, like mm-hmm. typing in the words. And it was the words of an Italian opera that was so beautifully composed and it linked directly to this YouTube video that had these amazing inspirational images and just was the most 
heartfelt thing. My husband was like, wow. can you imagine? And, and, and I also have to say, this was from a fellow scientist. And, and <laughs> you know anything about the emotional intelligence or at least the outwardly yeah. social emotional intelligence that uh, most in that field have, it is, this is like a scale of a thousand. It was just so meaningful. So I hope that we can all be at some point in our leadership, yeah, that kind of person to recognize somebody and make them feel that way. That that story gave me goosebumps, uh, and I also found myself really excited that when he translated the mug, it did not say, uh, "My career took off because of your work, and all I got was this lousy mug." I thought that maybe <laughs> yeah, that's right. where we were going. <laughs> No, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. That's phenomenal. And and it's funny because yeah. it just reminded me of, and this is so fitting, tied to our, it's funny how this all fits together. The other nicest thing anyone has ever done for me was um, four years ago, for a little over four years ago, when I celebrated my 40th birthday, uh, my wife threw me a kind of surprise party. I am very hard to surprise. My my family will tell you um, it's very difficult. I, I, I for a variety of reasons, but I knew there was a gathering and I wasn't allowed to know anything else. And so we get to the gathering and it was a Hamilton themed birthday party. And oh, I, I, I will spare you the details of all the amazing things that that my wife and my family did to, to make it a Hamilton themed party. But there was cake and there were hats and there were notes and decorate. It was really cool. Uh, and I found out of course, that day, all of my family, my in-laws, my parents, my sister, my wife, everybody had pitched in to buy us two tickets to see Hamilton in Chicago later that year. Um, and when I think about the party, it, I don't remember getting the gift, but I remember feeling so touched at the effort everyone put into the whole like Hamilton themed party and that, that I had friends there, some of who drove great distance, you know, and it just goes to show it. it it's I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we got the tickets, but it was the time and the effort that sticks, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I think if if there's a takeaway here, it's that if you want people to matter and you want them to and you want to reap all the amazing benefits that come from that. The employee recognition programs that work are the ones that celebrate detailed, specific contributions that that are driven by noticing and acknowledging. And the, sometimes that just requires a tiny little bit of extra time and effort on the part of the boss. All right, folks, well, we need you to suggest topics, problems, or questions for Alyssa and I to tackle here on the show. So we're going to invite you, please, to send your suggestion of topics, problems, or questions you'd like us to discuss via email to bossbetternow at gmail.com. If we use your question in a show, we might send you some Boss Better Now swag. And remember, you can always leave comments under the episodes on our Boss Better Now Facebook page, on the Boss Better YouTube channel, and on BossBetterNowPodcast.com. And that music, Alyssa, means that it is time for the camaraderie question of the week. On every episode of this show, we give you, Boss Hero, a question you can take to team meetings, to huddles, to gatherings where your people are together. 
that will allow folks to find things in common with each other. When we learn things about the people that we work with, and more importantly, when we find things in common with each other, we access each other's humanity. And when we do that, it reduces team drama, increases collaboration, and generally makes teams a little better functioning. Our camaraderie question of the week, Alyssa, what is your favorite day of the year? Oh, it's got to be a day. A day it's got to be a Good day. Grief. Okay. Well, was that a yuck? Was there a yuck? That was an ugh. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. Um, well, I'm just going to say a, like a random day in September or early October. There's nothing monumental that happens in in that period of time. My birthday's in the winter and blah, 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 you know, like, so I just am in love with the fall season and okay. all the smells, the activities of fall harvest. I'm out in my garden. I'm getting cool stuff from there. I've worked really hard all summer to get from there. Um, so some random day in like September or October where I'm out in the sunshine, but cool enough to not yes. sweat my rear end off. And I'm getting some apples. I'm making some apple butter, maybe Ooh. something like that. Like the first day of long sleeves. Yes. Yes. That's a glorious day right there. Yeah. Yes. That's a good that. pick. Yeah. What else do you grow in your garden? So you do apples? You have an apple tree? Well, so my neighbor has an apple tree, right? Okay. Um, and they're kind enough as long as, I, <laughs> as long as I can them some apple butter. I can pick <laughs> all the apples I want. So that's what I usually do. Um, and then the sky is the limit. Um, I've started my seeds because we're in April now. So uh, I've started my seeds. And this year I only have two types of tomatoes. I usually do three types of tomatoes. And then I have tomatillo plants. Uh, because mm. I like to can salsa in my mm. uh, fall routines. And then I do carrots and parsnips. And I have asparagus in there. I do two different kinds of beans and hot peppers. Holy cow. There's a farmer's yeah, market back bed. there. <laughs> my mother-in-law calls it the farm. Yes. <laughs> I, I did not yeah. know this about you. You have like two green thumbs. I knew about the apple butter. You gifted I, us some of that a while back and it was phenomenal. So I knew about that part, but I didn't know you had, you know, like a whole farm back there. Yeah, I do salsa too. So I, I can my own salsa and I try to have all of the things so I can make it like from only mullet sourced goods, <laughs> if you will. I love it. Great choice. Thank you for sharing that with us. All right. So what about you? You like the long sleeve, but is there a specific day that is like your favorite? Yeah, it's funny. Usually when I come up with these questions, I almost instantly know my answer, but I had to think about this one a little bit. Um, and I think I'm going to go with the first Monday after the end of the school year. So I love summer. So, you know, my kids' school year, and I know different people who live in different parts of the country are on different schedules, but here in Western Pennsylvania, my kids' school year typically starts the last week of August and ends the first week of June, give or take a couple of days on either end, depending if we had snow days or whatnot. Um, but usually like right around June 10th or so, the school year ends. And that first, like I, I the 
summer is an intoxicating thing to me. I'm a person who tries to squeeze as much awesomeness into summer as possible. I spend all year long thinking about summer. Are we going to swim? Are we going to go on a trip? Are we going to go on two trips? Are we going to go to Kennywood? Are we going to go to Cedar Point? Are we going to go to the zoo? Like, And some of that comes from my hyper-awareness as a parent that I know I've got this very like small window of time to spend with the kids. Because in a couple of years, they're not going to want to hang out with me. They're going to have friends and jobs and cars. And, and so there's this window of time where I get to cram all of that in. I'm like, when can we rent the RV and drive to the Grand Canyon, folks? Because that's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going <laughs> to happen someday. I see you laughing. Wow. Okay. So that first day, that first day of summer is just filled with so much promise. It feels like we've got this huge like runway ahead of us and we're uh we've got all of this time to to be together and and be warm and be outside and do fun stuff together as a family. And then of course it always feels like it just goes lightning fast. You blink and it's like, "Oh my gosh. The kids go to school next week." And then that ends up being one of my Saturdays of the year. It's like, okay, another another summer's gone. Another year is gone that we're not going to get back. That the the endless passage of time, boy, this really started positive and it's not. <laughs> but I love I'm, just, I'm not going to cry. I love the the kind of the first day of summer as it relates to, you know, the kids school year ending. That's my favorite day of the week. Well, that's beautiful. And I have to tell our listeners like, I just witnessed Joe at, like, age nine. I mean, whenever you were talking <laughs> about the first day of summer, like, legit little Joey came out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there he is. Look at yep. him. He's so cute. Um, Let's go ride our bikes. As a mom. <laughs> as a mom of someone that we have done uh, full remote school with for the past. <laughs> For the past year, um, I am gonna go with the exact opposite <laughs> of that, that for all the reasons you just listed. I hear you. So, that is legit. Again, we're yin and yang here. <laughs> but that's why it works. And that, folks, is the camaraderie question of the week. All right, Alyssa, we are going to finish the show today with a segment that is growing in popularity. It's sweeping the globe. This is called Boss Like a Mother. So I have uh, something fun to share with you today. Um, during quarantine, when the schools closed uh, and my kids were remote schooling for quite a while, there were a couple of days where I brought them to the office with me. I have office space. As you know, our listeners don't know this. I have office space a couple miles from my house. And my little office suite is in a section of the building that is otherwise empty. So I was able to keep going to work and not encounter any other people, which was a beautiful thing in the midst of the pandemic. So um, there were a number of days I brought my kids to work. And there was one day that they finished their schoolwork early. And I was trying to keep them occupied. And I was also writing content for our blog, writing content for our emails and whatnot. And on a whim... I said to Lily and Miles, who at the time were nine and seven, let's do a little experiment. Here's a piece of paper. I want you to go make a list of what makes a good leader. And they 
came back probably like 13 minutes later, not nearly enough time that I hoped, <laughs> I hoped that that would be a thing for a little bit. Um, but what they brought me back is fantastic. And so I'm going to share with you, my friend, and with our boss heroes, through the eyes of a child, these six things that make for a good leader. Are you ready? I am ready. I love this. Okay. Number one, going with others' plans. And I said, what do you mean by that? And I had a pen at the ready because I thought, oh, there's like a blog post waiting to happen here. And this was before the podcast even existed. I said, what do you mean by that? And here's what they said. You know, you can't just say, we're going with my plan. When someone has a good plan, if deep down, even if you're jealous of it and you didn't think of it, it's important to say, hey, that's a really good plan. Let's go with that. Wow. (laughs) Number two. Wow. Not yelling for anger. Number three. (laughs) Be kind. Number four. Never give up. Number, number five is my favorite. Help the wounded. Oh I said, I said, okay, tell me more about that. And my daughter said, well, if you're in, I wrote this down word for word. Well, if you're in the army and someone hurts his ankle, you don't just keep going. You got to sneak over and help him. I want my mascara still on by the end of the episode, Joe. (laughs) And number six was teamwork. And now I get calls a lot from folks who say, hey, we want to do some training and some development around teamwork. Can you help us with teamwork? And so I asked Lillian Miles the same question I ask people who call. I say, what do you mean by teamwork? And they said, you don't just do the plan by yourself. You got to involve everyone to decide the right thing. That. Is a list of what makes a great leader going with others' plans, not yelling for anger, being kind, never giving up, helping the wounded, and teamwork. I mean, should we just, we should quit the show and turn it over to them, right? Yeah, I, I think that would be an amazing idea. One day we should do an episode <laughs> with your. Maybe Henry could handle it too. I don't know. He he might bring it. You know, <laughs> he wouldn't yell for anger. He would just yell. Right? He would just, and it would be all like potty talk because he's the, the four year old boy <laughs> age where like poop is a is a noun, a verb, and an adjective, and you're like, don't use that word. Absolutely. And then you like, then your standards change, and you're like, don't use that word at the dinner table. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be Henry. Yeah, you know what's so beautiful too is. It's so simplistic, but so deep, right? right? All of those things. That was like thoughtful, emotional intelligence, like all the things. <laughs> I have to tell you, I saw this just like what makes a good leader thing and that you had asked your kids on the mm-hmm. run sheet. I didn't know any of the, yeah. the list, right? But I saw before I came in to our our recording today. And so I stuck my head out the 
office door and I yelled down to my kid, hey, what do you think makes a good leader? Really? Now, I have to tell you, we had a good three-minute argument about why are you asking me, Mama? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for this. And like, you know... The seven-year-old that just needs to argue because it's his only form of control in the entire universe. (laughs) And you're the only other person there for interaction. (sighs) (laughs) Only for him to say, well, that's easy, Mama. Kindness. That's what you need to have as a leader. And I was like, dang it, kid. (sighs) Yes, thank you. Okay, goodbye now. What a, that is beautiful. Take that kid to Disney World. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> Torture his parents. Oh goodness. Disney. Well, you're doing something right, Uncle Mama. To do. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, well, I thought that you would enjoy that list. Uh, I, I think that everybody listening is the kind of leader who shows up and tries to do those things anyway. So let it be affirmation of the person we are aspiring to come. Even through the eyes of a child, they know what we all need uh, from others in the world. And so that's Boss Like a Mother. Well, friends, in a nod to our Hamilton-themed opening, I'm going to leave you with this today. Who tells your story? For most bosses, their story is the conversation that takes place between employees, and usually you aren't in the room when it happens. Remember, legacy is planting seeds in a garden you never get to see, and I hope you will never be satisfied. I know that you can win. I know that greatness lies in you. But remember, from here on in, it's your people who have their eyes on you. So don't throw away your shot. Thanks for listening. I have the honor to be your obedient servant, J. Mull. See you next time. This show is sponsored by Joe Mall and Associates. Remember, commitment comes from better bosses. Visit JoeMall.com today. Are you planning a meeting, conference, retreat, or event? Why not invite our own Joe Mall to be your keynote speaker? How many people here who supervise have had their time, attention, and energy devoured by someone who is not committed? If yes, say yes. And an amen. See, like I said. Joe teaches leaders how to boss better and cultivate commitment in a way that is funny, captivating, and filled with takeaways. Do you believe that these people are coming to me and telling me that I'm sticking my nose in where it doesn't belong. Oh my gosh, wonderful. Really engaging and thought-provoking, which is really great with lots of good tools to take home. You felt present, like you wanted to lean in. You didn't want to pick up your phone and scroll through Facebook. Whether your event is virtual or in person, your audience doesn't want another boring 60-minute lecture. They deserve to learn and be inspired by a world-class program they simply cannot turn away from. That's what you get guaranteed from Joe Mall. We can all agree we want our employees to care and try, but care and try isn't about competence. It's about commitment. And commitment can't be bought. It can only be earned. Your number one job as a leader is to cultivate commitment. 
For more information, visit joemall.com forward slash speaking. Hey!